This is Radio Health Journal. I'm Reed Pence. This week, Smart Roads, amazing technology that will speed your morning commute and make it much safer. It's a very sensitive sensing technology that makes the road into a touchpad much like you would have on your laptop. Roads that can talk to your car when Radio Health Journal returns. I'm Nancy Benson, host of Radio Health Journal. If you enjoy Radio Health Journal, you'll also like our sister show. Here's a preview of what they're covering on Viewpoints this week. This week on Viewpoints. You know what you like? Embrace that and be creative in that pond and just enjoy your life the way that you want to have it. Learning to embrace your creative side. Then... As far as just celebrating through the holidays with craft beers, I mean, there are so many different varieties now that pair well with food and that fit different situations. New Year's movies, cocktails, and beers. Ideas for celebrating New Year's at home. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth this week on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. Listen to Viewpoints on your favorite radio station, iTunes and Stitcher. Everything is connected today. Smart phones, smart thermostats, smart refrigerators, and now cars and roads are getting in on the act too. Already a lot of people look for Apple CarPlay or Android Auto when they're shopping for a new car, but those merely bring your smartphone apps onto the dashboard. They're only scratching the surface of what the connected car of the future will look like. The applications on your cell phone, for instance, they're rather limited in nature. Your cell phone knows where it is, but its data that it's able to collect is rather limited. The sort of connected vehicles that we're talking about talk to more of a, a system that's directly connected to the automobile itself. That's Andrew Bremer, Managing Director of Local Affairs for Drive Ohio, which has established the largest ever research project into connected vehicle technology. On a 35-mile stretch of U.S. 33 near Columbus, Ohio, using 1,200 cars outfitted with upgraded electronics, the road will shuttle information to cars, and cars themselves can talk back. That system is able to pull a lot more data points from the internal systems that go on in your automobile, for instance, such as direction, speed, the status of the braking system, whether the brakes are engaged or not, and even some basic information about the vehicle itself, such as length and width. That's very useful information when you start talking about safety applications. So when you come across an intersection, for instance, in a city street, that information is being sent directly to the intersection and then processed and then broadcast out to other vehicles around the corner, for instance, but also to other vehicles themselves. The vehicles will be able to receive the data coming from vehicles in close proximity to itself so that it can see pretty much in a digital fashion what the environment looks like around the vehicle itself so that it can avoid other vehicles so that it can make the driver's job of driving the vehicle a lot safer. And if there's something wrong on the road itself, Bremer says information sent from cars can give an early and immediate warning. For instance, your traction control system engages on US 33 as you're driving along the stretch of roadway. 
information about that traction control system can be sent from the car itself to the roadside units back to our traffic management center indicating that there is the possibility of black ice occurring out there on the roadway. In which case, we can dispatch a snow and ice crew to take care of that situation as soon as possible. Other warnings could go directly to drivers. For example, if somebody several cars ahead of you slams on the brakes. Traffic signals could also be outfitted to send out alerts. So that if a pedestrian is in the intersection or about to cross into the intersection in a crosswalk, that it sends out a signal to other cars, not only in the pedestrian's direct path, but also around the corner from the pedestrian, so that the car can receive that warning, pop up a warning to the driver itself saying, you know, look out for pedestrians in the area, so you can avoid pedestrian-car conflict there. But when does all this information become a driving distraction? That's one thing researchers want to find out. Eventually, self-driving cars will take care of it automatically. That's when the big benefits will come. But by then, cars may also be getting information from more than just other cars passed along through a central computer. The road itself may also be truly smart. It may gather information, too, and put it into the mix. We start with the modular precast paving system. And then we make it touch sensitive by incorporating a fiber optic sensing technology that has been in use in oil and gas pipelines, airframes for airplanes, and even the space shuttle use this kind of fiber optic sensing technology. It's a very sensitive sensing technology that makes the road, the big concrete roadway, into a touchpad, much like you would have on your laptop. That's Tim Sylvester, founder and CEO of Integrated Roadways, a firm that manufactures smart roads. They're operating a research project along US 285 southwest of Denver. We start with a technology that's been proven worldwide over the last 80 years. It's called precast concrete pavement. And this is a concrete pavement system that's built in modular units in a factory and then assembled on site like a giant Lego system. And because it's factory built, that enables us to put a lot of new technologies directly into the roadway that we simply don't have the time or patience to install whenever we're building roads manually on site. Sylvester says the fiber optic mesh built into the roadway could do a lot of things beyond being a pavement touchscreen. It could replace cell phone towers for 4G and 5G communication. It could carry wireless technology for electric cars to recharge as they drive. And it could communicate to connected cars exactly where other cars are on the road. Once we have the ability to detect the vehicle and communicate with it, that enables us to support autonomous vehicles. The big question about autonomous vehicles is, where is your car in relation to the road, and where are other cars in relation to your car? And these things are a natural byproduct of our smart pavement system, which means that by detecting the vehicle positions in the roadway instead of on the car, you don't have to have a wildly expensive car with complicated, hard-to-maintain cameras and LIDAR units and all these other bells and whistles that have been attached to the vehicle. 
the majority of the difficulty of autonomy is transferred into the roadway where the expense is shared by all of the users so that every vehicle doesn't have to have this very expensive options package on it. However, a lot of people are skeptical of self-driving cars. They're reluctant to believe that any computer can be a better driver than they are. But Bremer says crashes will go down when human error and inattention are eliminated. And when cars can drive themselves, our trips could also be much faster. There's research teams out there that are that are researching the possibility of, of uh, you know, traveling, um, you know, in excess of 100 miles an hour or some uh, sort of fantastical speed like that. Uh, not only in individual cars, but platooning vehicles as well. So cars in quick succession with one another. Uh, traveling at high rate of speeds, uh, again, is, is a little bit out there, but it's not outside of the realm of possibilities with this technology. However, the transition to autonomous cars will likely take 15 to 20 years. And in the meantime, there are plenty of questions about just how smart we want our cars and roads to be. For example, if you're driving 20 miles an hour over the speed limit, will your car or the road tell the authorities? Bremer says not exactly. We don't want to know what individual is taking what kind of trip. When we drive as human beings right now, all we see out of our car window are other vehicles. We don't know necessarily who's in those vehicles or where they're going. That's a similar approach to what we're taking as the state here. We don't want to know what individuals are taking what trips. What we want to know from the state's perspective is the health of our transportation system. How is the transportation system performing out there? If there is an immediate slowdown or even a stop of traffic on a particular roadway stretch, we want to know that information as soon as possible so that we can then dispatch resources, whether that's for snow and ice control, whether that's for pothole filling or for EMS dispatch to get those resources out there so that we can address a serious situation on the roadway. We are not collecting any personally identifiable information, nor do we want to, nor do we intend to. So we would be able to tell that was a Lexus or that was a Toyota or whatever, but we would not be able to tell who was driving it, and we have no desire to. Yes, we can tell what speed a vehicle is going, but we do not attach that to an individual vehicle we have no ability, interest, or desire to assess, for example, speeding tickets. That's not at all what we do. We get that question a lot, and so I want to be upfront about it that that's not, you know, that's not what we're trying to accomplish here. Some people also question the need for smart roads. If cars are smart enough to drive themselves without a smart road, do they really need the additional information? That's another question Bremer says will be included in research projects. What we want to try to do is to make sure that the technology has a use case associated with it. We don't want to implement a pilot project for the sake of implementing it because it's the newest technology. We want to make sure that it has an impact on the safety numbers. We want to make sure that it has an impact on mobility options for disadvantaged communities, for instance. We want to make sure that it has an impact on the reliability or the congestion aspects of a particular intersection or a corridor. And we also want to keep in mind how this technology is going to affect the workforce. How can we train tomorrow's workers and today's workers, really, to take advantage of the systems being developed 
uh, in the connected and automated vehicle space. Another unavoidable factor, of course, is money. Integrated Roadways estimates that smart pavement costs about twice what a normal road does per mile. But normal roads don't have a return. Sylvester says smart roads do. In the same way Google and Facebook make money selling data about Internet traffic, a smart road can make money from the data it collects about vehicular traffic. We upgrade roadways so that data collection is a natural byproduct of the roadway existing. Uh, So it doesn't really cost us anything to collect that information once the roadway is upgraded. And this information has massive value. For example, if a major development's going up, a traffic study, at the very least, has to be done first. It's always expensive, but usually it just counts cars. It doesn't tell them the direction, the time of day, the type of vehicle, the speed of vehicle, the weight of vehicle. All of this information has dramatic impacts on the developer. And Sylvester says commercial interests will pay big money to get data like that. Put it together with fees for acting as a cell phone tower and an electric car charger, and before long, he says, you're talking about a road that could help pay for itself. Our system is designed to basically take advantage of all of these commercial needs so that the people that are making money by using the roads, like Uber and Lyft and Amazon, are the ones that are now paying for the roads. We can literally give away brand new roadways to the public and pay for those roadways through the commercial services. That turns it into a highly sustainable, financially sustainable, valuable contribution to our economy. However, all of this is years into the future. And exactly what smart roads look like and how much they look over your shoulder are far from set. Speed and safety of our roads will be important, but like with most other things, economics may have the biggest say. I'm Reed Pence. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, please call this toll-free number right now. 800-279-0419. That's 800-279-0419. By calling your addiction team, you're taking the first steps to recovery. Don't fight addiction alone. Their advisors are ready to take your call. Your future is still a bright place. The help you need could be one call away. 800-279-0419. That's 800-279-0419. This call is completely confidential. And if you have private insurance, there could be little to no cost to you. Even if you've already been to treatment, give us a call. There's no need to let addiction ruin your life. Take the first step now. Call your addiction team at 800-279-0419. That's 800-279-0419. Make the free call now. 800-279-0419. Your addiction team is a third-party advertiser for various treatment centers and placement networks. Individual results will vary. Visit youraddictionteam.com slash terms for more information. Researchers now believe that up to one-half of all Alzheimer's disease cases can be postponed, reduced, or even prevented. But you often don't hear much about the groundbreaking research making this possible. Now find out how you can take advantage of this encouraging research in an enlightening webinar on Monday, January 7th at 10 a.m. Eastern. Your host is Chuck Stetson, head of the Stetson Family Office. In this webinar, you'll learn about the advances straight from the source. Four world-renowned physicians, researchers, and advocates working on the front lines of preventing Alzheimer's. We have a healthcare crisis here 
that must be solved. Find out what's going on. To register for the webinar, visit globalbetterhealth.com. The one-hour webinar is Monday, January 7th at 10 a.m. Eastern. For more information and to register, visit globalbetterhealth.com. That's globalbetterhealth.com. What are you going to do with your old car? You can try selling it, you could junk it, or you can donate it to Heritage for the Blind. Your car will be towed away for free and your donation is tax deductible. Just call 1-800-835-1478. Heritage for the Blind accepts cars, vans, trucks, and boats. It doesn't matter if your vehicle runs or not. It will be towed away for free and you'll be supporting those that need help. Heritage for the Blind is a nonprofit organization that helps the visually impaired live fuller lives. Call right now to donate your car, and as a special thank you, you'll receive a free three-day vacation voucher to over 50 locations. Call Heritage for the Blind right now. Call 1-800-835-1478. Donating is easy, and your vehicle is towed away for free. Plus, you'll get a free vacation voucher for donating. Call now, 1-800-835-1478. That's 1-800-835-1478. Thank you for listening to Radio Health Journal, a production of MediaTracks Communications. If you enjoyed this week's show, please leave a review on iTunes or share it with a friend. You can find more Radio Health Journal stories about health, science, and technology on iTunes, Stitcher, and at RadioHealthJournal.net.